Welcome to the Spirit of Life Ministries. Spirit of Life Ministries aim is to call to the born again body of believers to manifest the kingdom of God through the teaching and proclamation of the word of God, as well as the greater good for all humanity. Spirit of Life Foundation is based on Ephesians 4th chapter for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in unity of the faith and knowledge of the Son of God and fullness of Christ, to the edifying of the body of Christ in love. Spirit of Life Ministry's heart is for the restoration of the soul and greater good for all out of love. Please welcome now Sister Beatrice Jackson. Thank you for joining Spirit of Life Ministries. I am Sister B. I give honor to God the Father, the Son Jesus, who is the head of my life, and the Holy Spirit. Now, Father, I ask that you give me the grace to minister what you have given me, and that you let it fall on receptive hearts and ears in order to fulfill your purpose in the lives of people. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for it. Amen. Well, praise God. We're on our last part of the series, If My People. We've been uh, ministering in the spiritual vein because of the voting that is coming up on November 8th, Tuesday, November 8th, in a couple days. And the Lord has impressed us upon my heart in order to minister in this way in regard to how we vote. Before I move forward, I need to remind you that Spirit of Life Ministries is not a political platform. However, based on God's mandate for my life and Spirit of Life Ministry, I do address the political climate. Well, praise God. To start, I want to remind you to keep in mind that when voting, we're not actually voting for a person. It's not who we see in the natural. It's spiritual because there's two kingdoms at war for control and dominance. And we're voting for a representative, the person that represents either God or Satan, either God's plan and purpose or Satan's plan and purpose. I want you to remember also in 1 Samuel, it's been a few weeks since I ministered on um, Samuel, 1 Samuel, the 8th verse, excuse me, the 8th chapter, the 7th verse, the children of Israel were under a theocracy, and Samuel was God's representative. But before I read the 7th verse, I want to remind you in the 5th verse of the 8th chapter that the children of Israel wanted Samuel to make them a king, give them a king like other nations. And that poses a problem. That poses a problem when we want to be like other nations and not be one nation under God, which is a theocracy, considered a theocracy. That's it. Let me read what um, verse 7 says when they ask this. And it says, And the Lord said, Unto Samuel. This is after Samuel told uh, the Lord what the children of Israel were re requesting. And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto thee, 
For they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. Do you see this? How we're not voting for a person when we, when we re- reject or accept a person. We are not voting for them. We're voting for the representative. Samuel was God's representative. If we go back a, a few chapters to chapter 3, starting at verse 19 through 20, we'll see where Samuel became God's prophet priest. Excuse me, that's verse 1 in chapter 3 of 1 Samuel. And it says, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious. In those days there was no open vision. Where we read here where Samuel was ministering unto the Lord under Eli's guidance. At the same time, later on, he became God's official prophet and priest. And we know in the Bible that prophets represented God to the people. They represented the word, they spoke God's words, and they represented God's heart. They represented God based on speaking God's words, whether God was speaking directly to their heart and their spirit in order to relay a message to the people or what was written as far as what thus saith the Lord or reminding the people of God, what God wants, God's standards, his ways, his word. Anyway, as I said, Samuel becomes God's man to represent him. Eli is going off the scene now. He and his sons have sinned and God has chosen Samuel to represent him. Let me read in verse 19 in chapter 3. And it says, And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did, did, and did let none of his words fall to the ground. And he did this. God didn't let any of his words fall to the ground because they were God's words. It was the word of God. So that would be like God not allowing his own words to fall to the ground nor fail. They would not fail. Verse 20, and all Israel from Dan, even to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. Praise God. So here we have it. We read the proof of God's representatives. And it's the same way today. You know, and let me say this. God uh, chooses imperfect people. None of us is perfect. But by the grace of God, he chooses based on his grace And he chooses based on the heart. See, God looks on the heart. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. And just uh, the verse above that, this is where Samuel is going to anoint King David to be king. Saul is going to be out of the picture. And God has chosen a man after his own heart. Meaning a person that will follow God's desires. That, that per, excuse me, they will either follow the word of God, come very close to the word of God, or execute God's heart. They will do what God's heart desires. Praise God. So God looks on the heart. 
not on the outward appearance or person's family background or person's language, uh, a person's faults or failings of failures, because none of us are human. Like I said, he also goes by his grace. See, that's grace in operation because later on, we'll find out that David is a murderer and an adulterer, yet he had God's heart. He did things God's way, with things that were pleasing to God. Anyway, let me read. 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. But the Lord, no, actually, I'm going to read verse 6. And it came to pass when they were come that he looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. Now other brothers had passed before him, before Eliab came before Samuel as well. Let's go to verse 7. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. And the King James Version says, I have rejected him. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So do you see this? This is how God operates. This is how God selects his representatives. Based on the heart. And he knew David's heart. Even with David's faults and failings, him being a murderer and an adulterer. God knew that. God knew that before he chose David to be king. Yet he also knew the heart of David and that David would fulfill God's plan and purposes the way God would have it. Thank you, Jesus. So we need to be aware of that when we vote. We're not just voting for a human being. Someone we see in the natural. This is spiritual. And we're either voting for God or voting for Satan. That's what it comes down to. I also want to remind you that during this election, oh God, um, during this election, well, not just this election, but prior elections, even before this one, but it's gotten worse, that we're not to be ignorant of Satan's devices and not allow him to blind our minds. Second Corinthians four, excuse me, chapter four, verse four, lets us know how Satan tries to fool people and blind the minds of those that don't believe where they won't receive the gospel or the good news. He can also do this. He can try and blind the minds of born again believers as well. If we don't renew our mind in the word of God, we leave ourselves vulnerable to, to that. So we don't need to be ignorant of his devices, nor allow him to blind our minds. One of the ways, one of the tactics that he has used or has trying to use, if we're not mindful, is censorship. Censorship is a way to try and blind the minds of people. And we cannot allow that to happen. We must be aware of what's going on. Another thing we need to do is remember what Jesus said. He wants us to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. That's not just going out amongst people in order to do his bidding or to do his will. We need to be that way as children of God just anyway. Wise as serpents and harmless as doves. I want you to also remind you, don't, I'm going to suggest that you not 
give attention to or feed into the propaganda because propaganda causes people to make emotion-based decisions versus a sound reference point. See, propaganda wants to take away from make, from people making a sound or solid reference point. I mean, excuse me, using a solid reference point for voting. Excuse me. And what exactly is propaganda? I'm going to repeat the, the uh, definition of that. I believe it bears repeating. Propaganda is information, especially of a biased or misleading nature used to promote or publicize a particular political cause or point of view. And again, I say, I want to remind you that this election comes down to actually who we pledge our allegiance to. Who do we pledge our allegiance to? To God or Satan? And where is our citizenship? In regard to the born-again believer, Philippians the third chapter, verse 20, lets us know that our citizenship is in heaven. And Paul is Paul is writing this, and he even compares uh, the born again believer that that uh, the person that's professing Jesus Christ in the verse prior to that verse nineteen, and he talks about them minding earthly things. And when we begin to mind earthly things as children of God, we don't operate from our citizenship being in heaven. See, we're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That is the position that we operate from. That is the position that we live by, that we live from. And we that's why we live by the word of God, because our citizenship is in heaven, though we're here on earth. Romans 12, verse 2, and this is the, the comparison too. We're either operating from our citizenship being in heaven or our citizenship being in the world. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. This is a reasonable service for a child of God. And let me say this while I'm, I'm right here, too. You know, a person uh, doesn't have to be a child of God in, war, in order to want what's right, in order to vote right in order to vote for the right representative. A person doesn't have to be a child of God in order to want uh, ethics, uh, good standards, values, morals. A person doesn't have to be a child of God because there are plenty of people that aren't born-again believers that do live by uh, morals, standards, and values that are even close to godly. So, and and they, they have ethics. They're ethical. They're ethical people. So I want to just make that clear too. A Spirit of Life Ministries is uh, geared towards the born-again believer, yet it does speak to people at large because God loves everybody. Anyway, Romans 12 verse 2 goes on to say, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. The Amplified version of that verse says that we no longer uh, be conformed to the world any longer with its superficial values and customs and be transformed, progressively changed as you mature spiritually by renewing your mind. We renew our mind by the word of God. 
by reading and studying the Word of God, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes. So where's our citizenship? That is the question. Who do we pledge our allegiance to? Jesus goes on to say in John 17, the Gospel of John 17, verse, excuse me, chapter 17, starting at verse 14. He's talking to the Father now, and he says, I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world. Do you see this here? He says, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Verse 15, I pray not that you shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. Verse 16, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So the born again believer not only has their citizenship in heaven, we are sanctified, meaning to set them apart, set us apart by your word. That's what we live by. That's what sets us apart, the standard of your word. The born-again believer is not of the world, even though we're in the world. Excuse me. And the word of God is what separates us and keeps us from the evil. It sets us apart unto God for his purposes. Now, a person doesn't have to be a born-again believer in order to fulfill God's purposes. Because plenty of people in the political arena are, are not. Born again believers, they're not professing Jesus Christ, yet they have the heart of God. I've seen that. I've seen that through representatives. They have the heart of God. They hold to God's standards, his values, his ethics, God's morals, God's way of being right. And God's way of doing things, even though they're not born again believers. So I really need to make that clear as well. Like I said, God uses people, human beings, us as as failing, faltering human beings, imperfect. I'll just say imperfect human beings in order to fulfill his purpose. I want to reiterate another reason why we ought not feed into propaganda uh, because uh, the ploys, these ploys play on people's emotions. They tr trigger emotion-based decisions and emotions are not always stable. They're up one moment and down the next. They're not a solid basis of which to vote. Let me ask you this, ask you this question. Excuse me. Getting kind of tongue-tied this evening. Let me ask you this. Have you ever reacted or did something based on your emotions only to regret it later and wish you had thought it through? That's the same with this. That's the same case here. That's why it's important not to feed into the propaganda. Another thing that propaganda does, it, it pits people against one another based on color Black, white, Hispanic, Jewish, uh, the rich or the well-to-do or the poor or that those that are not as well off. <clears throat> Excuse me. It also personalizes things. We're not to make this personal. It personal propaganda personalizes. It'll take an issue and personalizing it. Like, for instance, the, the big thing now is abortion. 
making it about a woman's body. And we're not to do that. That's personalizing it. Second Timothy, the third chapter, tells us how in these that first of all, that perilous times shall come. And that one of the things that will happen is that we will be lovers of ourselves more than lovers of God. And let me point this out, since they're making abortion a big thing and talking about um, some representatives uh, in regard to incest and rape. Aside from incest, excuse me, incest and rape, having sex is a decision between two people. Babies can't make decisions. Babies can't make choices. And they have as much right to live as you and I. And God is the defender and the protector of the weak and the helpless. Let me just read you something, too, in regard to incest and rape. And the latest uh, thing that I could, latest research, uh, excuse me, latest research I could find was as recent as 2019. But it's not far from this, what I'm about to read. Did you know that the amount of abortions, the percentage, excuse me, the percentage of abortions per, performed for rape is 1%. And abortions due to incest are 0.5%. A woman having a baby, uh, excuse me, another reason that, and I'm going to read the other four reasons that women have abortions. 74% say that Having a baby would dramatically change my life. 73% say, I can't afford a baby now. 48% don't want to be a single mother or are having relationship problems. 38% have completed childbearing, which leaves 1% due to rape and 0.5% due to incest. So do you see what all the hype is about. So what's all the hype about? This is what propaganda does. This is what stirs people's emotions. And there's really no solid basis of which they operate from, of which they're talking from. It's to cause, it's a tactic, excuse me, it's a, it's a tactic to cause confusion, to get people's emotions stirred where they're not thinking from a sound or rational perspective. They're not coming from a solid reference point. And this is another thing. It draws people's attention away from the real issues at hand. For example, the supply chain, the crime rate, people that are almost on every corner asking for money because of homeless, homelessness or the opioid epidemic. Inflation. Border security. The Constitution is under attack. And remember what Psalm chapter 11, verse 3 says. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Let's go on. How about defunding the police, which leads to anarchy? And anarchy is chaos, a state of disorder due to absence or non-recognition of authority. This is just to name a few. And we just, you know what, I, I want us to recognize this for what it really is. Recognize these political ploys for what they really are. 
And remember, based on representatives, who will we pledge our allegiance to when we vote? Will it be God or Satan? That's the reality of what it comes down to. This is the reality of what's happening. I also need to say that we need to vote. As I mentioned in the previous broadcast, I went through a phase where I didn't vote because I thought, what's the use and they're going to do what they want to do anyway. And that that's not so. That's not true. I was wrong. Like I said, I, I vote now. That was That's just a short phase that I went through. But vote. Vote. Because when we don't vote, we give the side you don't want your vote. We give the side that you don't want their vote. I mean, excuse me, our vote. By default. It's by default. The other side gets to vote. When we don't vote. So vote. Praise God. I want to also share with you some some uh, solid reference points. First and foremost, the word of God. Also, um, WisconsinFamilyCouncil.org. That's W-I Family Council, C-O-U-N-C-I-L dot org. Also, the Epoch Times, E-P-O-C-H Times, the Epoch Times, and also C as in cat or C as in Christian, WW7, the number seven, news.com. That's CWW, the number seven, news.com. I hope I'm painting a clear picture for you in order to help you to make a, a sound decision. Well, praise God. I thank you for joining me. This is Spirit of Life Ministries. I'm Sister B. And until next time, God bless you. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Life Ministries, an end-time ministry purpose for revival of the heart toward God, restoration of the soul for the hungry and the lost. And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let him who hears say, Come, and let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Spirit of Life Ministries is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. If you'd like to be a blessing to the ministry, donations can be made through the Giveify app. To contact the ministry, Spirit of Life Ministries can be reached at 414-249-5121. Until next time, thank you and God bless you.